how many of you like small talk? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, small talk is, is an interesting thing. I mean, in fact, if you're a Seinfeld um, fan, then you know that, uh, that, that Seinfeld's episodes were really based on nothing. A lot of small talk that was going on there. So that must have been something you might have loved or not loved. Uh, some people love small talk because it just it, you just chill, you relax, you're not drained. There's no issues uh, that you're really dealing with in any major way. Some people hate small talk. They just want to get to the core of an issue. They want to get to the core of a problem. They want to hear the core of the conflict and kind of move on with it. Well, if that's you, what, what helps you get to the core of the issue? What helps you get past small talk? Is it a word? Is it a, is it a phrase? Uh, maybe your friend notices your, your facial expressions and you're indirectly saying, okay, seriously, come on, like, are you serious? Can you just move on with this? Um, Think about that for a second as we jump into Hebrews. We've been walking through the letter of Hebrews, and um, it's, a, it's a New Testament letter to, the, to an early church within the Roman Empire that's been growing. And just last week, um, as we walked through Hebrews chapter 7 and 8, we, we noticed something as uh, the author quotes the prophet Jeremiah and clues us into what God's plans were all along, what his desires were all along to give us a new relationship, to give us a new nature, to give us a new start. And how that was made possible was through Jesus. And Hebrews chapter 9 actually unpacks that or gives us the technical background of how Jesus made that happen. In fact, it even gets a little bit bloody because we start to see uh, and understand some of the sacrificial system and the animal sacrifices that were made and some of the things that the priests did within the temple. But one of the most important things that we notice in Hebrews 9 is this, that Jesus was direct. This is huge. This is huge because it tells us that Jesus gets to the core of the issue. Two things that Jesus does as he gets to the core. One, he gets to the core of God's presence. Um, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 says, But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not, all, that is not made with human hands, that is to say not part of this creation. Verse 24 later on, the author says, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. We get this sense that Jesus was able to get to the core, the center of God's presence. In fact, chapter 8 tells us he was in the true tabernacle. Chapter 6 tells us that he was he, he reached in behind the curtain, metaphorically, right into God's very own presence. But the second way that Jesus gets to the core directly is this. He gets to the core of our hearts. He gets to the core of who we are. Verse 14 says this, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, Cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death. Think about that for a second. Our conscience is the most, the deepest part of who we are. And Jesus penetrates that. Jesus gets to the heart of that. Through his blood, through his sacrifice, 
through what he accomplished on the cross, unlike any other sacrifice, cuts right to the core of our conscience. In other words, think about it this way. Jesus bypasses all the old roads, the old system, and builds a new road, a direct road, an effective road to accomplish God's purposes. See, the old covenant was was very much like uh, tunnels and um, side roads and detours. And, and you're familiar with that. I mean, if you're a Montrealer, you know that we have two seasons. We have um, We have construction and we have winter. And in construction season, we have a lot of orange pylons and a lot of detours. And we'd love to get directly to where we want to go, but often we're stopped at a bypass or have to, you know, hit a detour. Well, in a sense, the Old Covenant was a little bit like that. God had uh, these plans and good things, but things were were moving and changing and being built. And at times it felt like uh, just a longer way to get things. But Jesus cuts through that. In the New Covenant, he bypasses that. And Jesus cuts through the old structure and builds a bridge. See, the first readers of Hebrews, they they must have, um, you know, been so amazed at this or surprised at this because they were currently still remembering and participating in this kind of system. But here comes Jesus with a new road, with a direct road. Did you ever um, get to the U.S. border? Uh, these days... Um, you know, they in recently, the last couple of years, they, they built a highway, Highway 35, that gets you right close to the border, closer than it used to. Before, you had to pass through certain roads and take turns and all this kind of stuff. But now you get onto Highway 35 and you get there pretty quickly. And I remember doing this um, a year ago or so and, and, and just putting on my GPS and recognizing my GPS had no clue where I was. The maps were now dated. For the GPS, the old roads were still in place, and and it was trying to track where I was going, but it looked like on the screen that I was going through valleys and streams and grass. Now, I could see just on either side of me there were different roads and there was different things going on, but my road was just passing all that. And that's what Jesus does. He cuts to the core. He goes direct. In fact, I love the description in Acts chapter 2 when Luke tells us that when Peter preached his first sermon, as the apostle preached his first sermon, Luke tells us people were cut to the heart. They, Jesus cut right through them, in a sense, right to the core of their being as they put their trust in him, as they put their trust in the direct route. To God, Jesus went directly into their hearts and touched them. So think about the accomplishment of this new road. Two things we read. First, we already read it in verse 14, right? That our consciences can be cleansed. In other words, Jesus transforms us from the inside out, transforms our minds, transforms our hearts through forgiveness, through freedom. But secondly, this is beautiful. Verse 14 says that this prepares us or This is so that we can serve the living God. That we can serve the living God. What does that mean? That as God, through Christ, transforms our hearts, He prepares us to serve His greater purposes. Hebrews gives us a glimpse of the fact that God's reaching towards a completion, a perfection, a a restoration. And part of that is restoring people's hearts and lives. Part of that is restoring humanity. So then as we come to know Christ, God invites us into that. And he wants us to serve with him and in his purposes and to serve him. 
One amazing example of this as we wrap this up is a man named Charles Colson. Maybe you know his name. Maybe you remember who he is. He he passed away at the age of 80 uh, just two years ago or a few years ago in 2012. But Colson lived uh, during the era. In fact, he worked for President Nixon in the 70s. And there was a big scandal going on at that time. And President Nixon was implicated. And Colson, who was part of his team, was implicated. In fact, it was called the Watergate scandal. And, and uh, Colson was known as President Nixon's hatchet man. In other words, Colson did, you know, Colson did Nixon's dirty work and he was convicted for it. He went to prison for seven months because of that. And imagine him in prison. Imagine the feeling, the guilt, the, um, the pressure, uh, the burden, knowing that he betrayed his friends, his family, his country. And just before he gets to prison, you know, shortly before he gets to prison or goes to prison, something happened to Colson in this whole crisis, in this whole scandal. And what happens to Colson is that Colson meets Jesus. Somebody tells Jesus, somebody tells Colson who Jesus is. Somebody explains the gospel to Colson. And what happens in that moment is that as Colson believes and puts his trust in Jesus, he discovers Jesus for who he is and begins to trust him. An Acts 2 moment happens. Jesus cuts right through his heart. And through forgiveness and through the freedom of Christ, Colson's heart and mind start to be transformed. But here's what else happens. Hebrews tells us that we are prepared then to serve God, to serve the living God. And Colson started being prepared through God's spirit, through God's grace, to serve God's greater purpose. This is how. After he left prison, he looked back to his experience on prison. He looked back to the, to the longing, to the hurt, to the pain of these prisoners. And he also started to understand the pain of the families, the pain of these, the children of prisoners. So he starts a ministry called Prison Fellowship. Prison Fellowship served tens and thousands of, tens of thousands of prisoners. And even more families and kids. Because as Colson... Um, received Christ, and Christ transformed his heart, cut him to the core. God prepared him to serve his greater purposes and to be a blessing to these prisoners and to their families and to bless them holistically and to encourage them and to walk beside them and obviously in that process to help them understand who Jesus is. This is the beauty of what Hebrews 9 is telling us. As Jesus goes direct to God's presence and then in return comes and speaks directly into our hearts as we trust Him. He prepares us to serve the living God and be part of God's restoration project in our world.